All right, good evening, everyone. Daishiha Miller here. Got James in the in the wings there, uh, hanging out. So uh, we're here with episode 160 of Kuden Radio, and um, again, we're back on a growth kick. So if that's not your uh, thing, um, tonight's not going to go well. Anyway, so um, <clears throat> a lot of folks uh, ask about these uh, these mandala and these. These different things like the Goga, go, uh, the Godai and the Gogyo, things like that. As a matter of fact, um, some of you may have already read them, but I, I did a, a three-part article series a bunch of years ago on uh, this five-elemental system. It actually it was written as an answer to things that uh, were kind of flying around and uh, people were like juxtapositioning elements from one system onto another. Uh, there's arguments that have been going on um, three, four, almost five decades now um, about whether or not these things were official, not official, whatever. So we're going to talk about these things tonight and um, actually how you can use them for personal growth. Okay, so we'll talk about that and more when we get started. So, the big question is this. How are self-defense and success-minded people like us, concerned citizens worried about protecting ourselves, our loved ones, and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world? How do we train in a way that gives us the skills, knowledge, and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves, and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jeffrey Miller, and welcome to Kuden Radio. Real training for real people in a real world. All right, and we're back. And again, I'm still trying to like adjust my my studio setup. My office is getting closer. I got lights everywhere now pointing at me. Um, but and I, for those of you not on audio only, I, I still have constructions <laughs> construction stuff around. House is still being put together. Um, but anyway, don't ever, ever have a fired. If you've had one, um, you know what it's like. Anyway, so, um, uh, the theme, right, for, uh, for this episode is back on growth. Okay. Um, I don't know if anybody's, uh, been around, I don't know how long you guys have been around, right? Um, one of my, uh, taglines on emails, uh, that I used to use a lot, um, recently it's uh you know just a flat out in mastery that kind of thing but uh one of the taglines that i used to use right under my signature was um this quote that i kind of synthesized from all of this training whether it was you know uh raw budo philosophy or from the mikyo side uh of training anything like that right but it really wraps around or and it and it highlights this idea of personal responsibility and living intentionally rather than living, I don't know, for lack of a better word, accidentally, right? Um, are we making life happen? Are we engaged? What's the depth and breadth of that engagement kind of thing? Or are we letting life kind of happen to us and then we're just trying to, I don't know, we're the rat in the maze kind of thing, right? So, um, anyway, if you're, if you're in the, uh, 10 week, uh, uh, 37 fundamentals program that we just started last Thursday, which by the way, I'm going to be opening the doors for, uh, again, we've got some extra spots, uh, and, and you know, 
people can easily make up one lesson, right? But we'll open it up for a couple of days here uh, for anybody else that uh, might have missed the deadline uh, and jump in. But the whole idea is is mindful engagement, right? Clarity and those kind of things. And we can't, <laughs> well, anybody can do anything, but it's very, very difficult to get the kind of results we want when we're expecting the world to change, right? Uh, we're calling everybody else on their bullshit, but we won't look in the mirror kind of thing, right? So anyway, um, so if anybody that's been to the dojo or they've seen a video of the virtual classes or any of the seminars, right, they know that I have these uh, these Mikio Mandala uh, hanging up. Uh, I have other ones to hang up here. They're a slightly different, different school. But uh, what they rep- represent um, is imagery from an enlightened perspective using symbology, right, from an enlightened perspective um, of what life can be like when we're literally firing on all cylinders, right, when there's all this stuff going on. And truth be told, I came to that stuff kind of backwards, right? Um, I didn't come to Mikyo and then got involved in martial arts and then tried to plug them together. Um, I, I was introduced to that stuff through uh, through the martial arts, right? Uh, through my first teacher, Stephen Hayes. Uh, and regardless of what anybody thinks or how things were made up or whatever, right? Um, it's it's hard to to take some lessons right at face value and not as test when uh, you know let's say because people often quote Hatsumi Sensei right uh, you know they'll because of confirmation bias right they'll ask do I really need to be doing that stuff and he'll say no you don't have to do that right but then he'll turn to those of us who are kind of in the know and he'll go yeah you don't have to breathe either but we highly recommend it right those kind of things but you know he's always presented himself as no matter what happens in the background, right? He's always presented himself as what we would call a wind character um, in that, uh, you know, he just wants you to be happy, right? Um, He'll shift and adjust and adapt to you because the reality, and this is the reality for any instructor, right? Um, Sometimes the lessons are adjusted so the student will stay around longer in spite of themselves because they're going to need extra time to get their head wrapped around certain lessons. It's just the way it is, right? I know a lot of people don't like to hear that kind of stuff, but it is what it is, right? Um, and again, I can only present this stuff based on how I got it, but either way, right? Um, uh, so again, I came to this stuff backwards um, and had to uh not had to right it just kind of came part and parcel but the recognition and the way it was presented was if we think about warriorship right we think about being uh not just the protector for ourselves for others right but i know i've mentioned this in other programs it might have just been the 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 10-week course that we just started but um, the recognition is in how do we position our martial training? How do we position our warrior training in our lives? Is it a puzzle piece that holds a very important place so that it completes the picture? 
Or is it like most people live where it's just another compartmentalized box, right? We pull it out, we do it, we put it back, um, you know, we make references to it, but that's no different than making references to the new picture I hung in the hallway or uh, the book I happen to be reading or whatever, right? How does it fit? Okay. So, uh, one of the lessons that I was introduced to was this idea of being of value, seeing your own value. Um, you know, the, the, the word samurai, right? Um, that comes from the root verb samurai, which means to serve, right? How are we doing that? Are we empowering ourselves, increasing our level of knowledge, skills, abilities, those kind of things, so that we can help other people, right? Um, because we're, we're training in a martial system, right? That has to do with, you know, protecting and stepping up and those kind of things, right? But what is it that we're protecting? And when, if we start here, right, we start with ourselves because we don't help ourselves and we, we don't empower ourselves. How do we do that to other people? How do we help other people? Right. Um, so I, I, I encountered, uh, lessons that had to do with everything from love, right? If you don't love yourself, if you don't have love within yourself, how can you give away something you don't have? Right. Um, and that, that's another word like enlightenment and wisdom and all those kind of things that people tend to bandy around, right? Um, got these warm and fuzzy feelings about somebody. So I use these words, right? But do I say it? because I want them to know it or do I say it because I need to hear it? Because if I say it, they're supposed to say it back. Those kind of things, right? I mean, these are some pretty, they're pretty simple questions, but that's only on the surface, right? What's really going on. Okay. So, uh, you know, again, all this personal responsibility. So, all these le- uh, the, all these lessons kind of synthesized to where I came up with this tagline um, that I used to use a lot, right? And it was very very simple. It says, "You are either exactly what you want to be, or exactly what you've ha- what you have allowed yourself to become." One is intentional. One is I'm going to use the term accidental, but for most people, they're they think they're acting intentionally, right? And sometimes they are, right? But what's really going on? And that tagline wasn't just for everybody else reading it, right? That tagline, every time I had to write it, every time I typed it out, every time I looked at it or, or got a reply from somebody else uh, to an email or whatever, right? Um, and James knows we, we respond to a lot of emails, right? And so it popped up a lot. So it was a constant reminder to me. It was a reflection. It was a constant ongoing. It's right in front of my face kind of thing. It's kind of like a Daruma doll. If you know what they are, these little, they come in different colors, but the standard one is red, right? Um, they're these little, <laughs> it's, it's a symbol. It's a success symbol, right? And it's a goal attainment uh device right so you get these things and the whole thing is painted and it has a little kanji on it that represents something right prosperity whatever the the key thing is for that one right everything is painted except for the eyes 
right? So you set a goal, uh, you set an aim, whatever, and then you paint in one of the eyes and then you put it someplace really close where it's going to be staring back at you, right? I'm going to have three of these things up in my office as soon as this thing is done, um, all in different places, but all pointing right here, right? So uh, they're supposed to be a constant reminder. In the West, we use the term eyesore, right? Well, it's it looks off, right? Because it's got this one eye, right? So it was either you know, there's either something to it, or it was in a horrible accident, and right? so. But it's it's a constant reminder, right? That something is unfinished, something is not done, right? Um, and without those kind of things, right, we can get caught up in the day-to-day minutia of life. It's really easy to get swept up in those things, right? And then, but the, the idea with this thing is that um, when you've accomplished the goal, then you paint in the other eye, right? But it's still placed in a position where you can see it, right? Um, these are used in shops a lot. If you've ever been, ever been to Japan, um, in a lot of these uh, shops, it could be a restaurant, it could be a store, whatever, they'll have one of these things, right? Um, but more often than not, those are, both eyes are painted in, right? Because now it's a symbol of success and we need those as well, right? So on one side, we need reminders. On another side, we need uh, reminders, right? One's a reminder of unfinished business, right? Um, that should cause irritation, right? On another side, there's a reminder of accomplishment, right? Because from a personal development side, from a personal development perspective, if you're truly on the journey, and I believe that most of you are, you wouldn't take, what, an hour or two out of your out of your week, at least once a week, right? Um, to to be on these things, or to carve out time to go through the recordings if you miss it, or for those of you on uh, the podcasting uh, uh, services, right? Uh, trying to figure out a way to work these things in, right? Um, and James and I talk about this all the time. My best students, and when I say best, I mean most engaged. I don't mean highest ranking. I don't mean uh, anything like that. When I say best, I mean like fully engaged in the program. Most of those people, when they come to me, they come to me um, leading with, I have binged, watched, or binged, listened to all the kudin. And this is the direction I want to take, right? It's it's not that they haven't researched and, and looked at martial arts techniques and things like that, but most of these folks lean heavily on the, this is kind of my calling, right? Not like I be a martial artist, um, you know, whatever. Martial arts is my life, right? Um, those people don't stick around very long because they're easily attracted to the, to the next newest, shiniest technique or the technique that will make it look like they're going to be the toughest guy on the block, regardless of the fact that they're aging every day, right? So, uh, again, this was all lessons that came in from different different teachers, but here's this personal responsibility thing, which is huge for a warrior, right? It's the thing that makes us train even when we don't feel like it. It's the thing that makes us train or study, even when we don't feel like it, 
it's the thing that you get the idea. It's the thing that keeps us going in the face of all kinds of negative, not just negative self-talk, but negative comments from other people. Right. I mean, I'm sure you can imagine. Right. Um, the, the number of comments and maybe some of you have seen the, the, uh, the videos and the comments and things like that. Right. Uh, one of my newest students uh, is a woman. She's in her fifties, uh, at the dojo and she came in one day and she, she threw out this word. She goes, so how are you doing today, Santa? And we both had a good laugh because that seems to be like one of the common comments because I've got this gray beard. I got a belly, you know, whatever. Right. So, um, but we just had this good laugh. I said, well, um, you've obviously been watching the videos, right? But if it's not that with, with a lot of these folks, it's, it's going to be the, the gut or it's going to be the bald head or it's going to be the age or it's going to be the, um, I don't know what James, um, the uniform, right? Um, most of us that have been, um, <laughs> most of us have, have had our uniforms for quite a long time. And just like with our, uh, our training weapons, Right. They're pretty beaten. Right. Um, but they're also really expensive. So, you know. Every once in a while, you'll see me in a brand new uniform, but um, once I get a uniform, I've got a, I don't know, a pretty good investment and a pretty good commitment to it. Right. So it looks like it's been through hell because, well, that's what training does. Right. Um, or I could do what a lot of people do and put it in with a bunch of rocks and a dryer or whatever, and just let it get beaten just like they do with their belts. Right. Um, but it's, you know, it's just like your training tools. What's, what's our saying in the dojo, James? Um, if you have training tools and they don't have nicks and dings in them, right. They're not training tools, right. They're decorations. Right. Cause they're just not getting used. Okay. Right? Um, anyway. Right. But it's a sign of somebody that's, you know, been through life too. Scars are a sign of experience and a sign of uh, uh, triumph over hardship, right, as opposed to getting participation trophies. Okay. So anyway, but there's that responsibility, right? We are either exactly what we want to be or well on our way, right? Our eyes always on the prize or we're exactly what we've allowed ourselves to become. Okay. If we recognize that, now this is for me, so I'm going to stop saying we, right? If I recognize that personally, I don't complain about hardship, right? I don't complain about uh, not having time to train. I don't complain about living hundreds, if not thousands of miles away from a teacher, right? Because I have notes. I have, if nothing else, I have a backyard. If nothing else, I have... I can create space, right? I can figure out some way to train, okay? Um, or, well, there is no or for me. I don't complain because I don't have these other things. Um, a lot of you know, a couple of years ago, I slipped on ice, and um, the break fall saved me from splitting my skull open, but... I broke a transverse process very low on my spine in my back because I came down on concrete steps and they're very chisel like. Right. So put me in hospital. Um, so the instruction to my wife was the next time you come back in, I need my laptop. I need these three books and I need uh, 
uh, at least one notebook and some writing implements. Okay. So there's always something that can be done, right? So we're either on the path or we're what? At the foot of the path. We're next to the path, watching everybody else walk. Uh, we're daydreaming about the path or whatever. Okay. So anyway. So anyway, we have these mandala and again, my stuff is still like in boxes and packed and I really, um, I have one, but mm, they're all rolled up and it, it's going to be too unwieldy and it's not going to help the guys, uh, and, and gals that are, that are listening, um, via audio only. So, uh, but anyway, we have these mandala that, uh, represent these different potentials and they represent the path. There's, there's so many perspectives that you could come at these things from. But what I thought I would do is take a look at things uh, two ways tonight. Before I do that, though, let me go back and, and revisit those articles that I talked about that I wrote uh, a bunch of years ago. And um, I think they're they're on the original website, right, James? They're on the SBI site, parts one, two, and three. So um, we'll we'll make sure that some some links are available and whatnot, at least a number one, because on each of the articles, there should be a link to the next part. Right. And the way I wrote it, I wrote it in a series. So while each one discusses. A perspective and could be read alone, they really go together. OK. And so the gist of these articles came about because of, well, actually two things. One was that people often gravitate to things because it's new, it's neat, it's mystical, it's whatever, which is why I put the the word mystical in the title for this uh, episode, right? Because um, people, unless it's like, you know, different or really stands out or whatever, um, you know, it just doesn't do it for them, right? They, they need to wear special clothing. They need to, you know, whatever. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm willing to use whatever ego problems I have um, or, or whatever those things are, because until I get rid of them, that's all I have. Right. So. And again, for those of you going through the 37 fundamentals course, uh, we're going to be talking about that. Right. Um, instead of trying to shortcut everything. Right. To, to get to this goal, we're going to use it. Right. We're going to use it to serve us. Right. So, but anyway, on one side, uh, people were seeing these five element systems and whatnot, and then they were, they were citing them. And anyway, this is pre Facebook. As a matter of fact, it might even have been pre MySpace, but I don't know. I wasn't a techie and still am not, but, um, it was back when we had these things called forums, right? On the internet, right? And people could do the same thing they do in comments and whatnot on these different pages, but, uh, they were more pointed. They were more directed. Okay. And so what really sparked me writing these articles was someone had posted a very, um, it was a very clear question. Okay. And so when they, when they posted it, what it basically said was, what's the gist or what's the idea behind these five elements? Right. And I'll, I'll tell you how they listed them here in a minute. Um, and, you know, are how, how are they used in training? 
was pretty much the gist of the of the question, right? And then they when when they said about the five elements, what they cited was something like um, earth, water, fire, metal, void, something like that, right? There was something that was askew, okay? And what was obvious to me was that somehow they got two different five element systems kind of combined, right? Which wasn't going to help because these two systems symbolize something very different, right? They, they, they both symbolize something very different. But what ensued, what, what ended up, what that sparked wasn't some, somebody or somebody's stepping up and explaining them. What ended up happening was it turned into this huge debate between other people in the, in the forum that should have been able to help this beginning student at least answer the question, what are these things? What it turned into was whether or not these things were official uh, or, you know, they're part of authentic needs to training or whatever. And again, it turned into this political debate, right? Pros, cons, whatever, right? So that caused some irritation in me. Not because this person had mis, you know, mixed these things together or whatever, but because here's somebody that has an honest answer or an honest question and their question is not being answered by anybody in any shape or form. What ended up happening was just the, these people who could have helped just started arguing, arguing among themselves. So that turned into me going, you know what? Somebody's got to answer the guy's question. So I sat down to start kind of outlining an answer. And what I found was that it really needed some setup to be able to explain not only was this a common thing where, where the, the elements were mixed up, right? Mixed together. But what each one represented and then how they actually go together. Okay, just like the mandala, right, are two sides to the same coin, and there's something else that's not depicted that's actually going on. Either way, you can read the articles or not, either way, right? But what I wanted to do was take a look at one of the perspectives on one of the mandala, because we, we <laughs> um, I, my personal students um, have to work through these things, and it, it takes quite a while. Uh, to, to really get the gist of them. But with my, my uh, long distance and my personal inner circle students, my Shinobi Kai people and whatnot, um, for those interested, I mean, whether they're interested or not, it, I make references to these things regularly in training. But those who want to take more than a step onto the path, then we, you know, do a deep dive. But anyway, so we have these two mandala, the Taizokai mandala, which is supposed to represent conventional truth, right? Day-to-day -day reference points, language, those kind of things, right? There's a whole bunch of references, but what they rep, what it represents is the potentials, not potential, potentials that we have within us that we can activate. 
And the more of these things that we activate, right, that we fire up, that we engage with, hone and develop, the greater our depth of experience in life, right? Also, the more options we have and the better able we are to adapt to different situations in different areas of our lives so that we're not trying to be a one-hit pony or a one uh, one-hit wonder, whatever. We're not trying to do everything in different realms from just one place, from just one perspective. Okay. Like one of my potentials that have been activated and I have lots of experience at it, right. Is in Jeff, the dad, the father, right. So can you imagine, right. Um, in a different area of my life where, you know, I have a, this, different business it's a consulting firm and so let's say some senior vp right of operations um or admin or what they all have different names right but this person from a big company that is concerned about workplace violence and it hitting their company and whatnot right can you imagine them calling me up and we schedule this meeting and i go in and I don't know any any other way to be. So I end up talking to this person like I'm their father, like I'm their dad. Not probably not going to go over very well because the senior VP is going to feel like I'm talking down to them or um trying to nurture them or do dad things. It's just not going to work well, right? What they're looking for is an equal partner, but somebody with knowledge and a skill set outside of what anybody else in that company has that can go in and they can be comfortable turning over a multi-million or multi-billion dollar business to, to help them fix certain things that are either broken or non-existent, right? Well, if I don't have that side to me, and I can't, I can't bring that forward. Then I'm going to talk to them like I, what, I'm, like they're, like I would talk to my best buds, or when I try to speak that way, right? Because I'm talking to the corporate C-suite, right? When I try to talk to them or speak to them, I'm going to come across very awkwardly. It's kind of like the person that always dresses in a T-shirt and jeans and then has to dress in a suit to go to court and looks like they don't wear a suit that often. And it shows. Right? It shows. Um, no matter how they try to come across, it's going to come across as fake because everybody will know well, that's not them, right? Because they know it's not them, right? They don't have any practice at fitting into that environment for whatever reason, right? Could be because they've always hated those types of people, right? And so that's not me, 
right? So, I mean, I'm speaking third person now, right? You know, they don't, that's not me. Uh, those people suck, whatever. But now, whatever, there's some part of them that knows they need to dress appropriately because they're trying to convince other people that they're not the guy that got the, himself in trouble, resisted or whatever it was, right? And so now he's going to try to dress the part. Okay. Um, it just doesn't work, right? Because that part of him, that potential doesn't have any exercise. It's never been worked. Okay. Um, and, and there's lots of realms. There's lots of these things, right? And so this one mandala kind of points out these things, but how they're all part of a singular person, right? And the more of those potentials we have, the more options we have and the more ability we have to shift and change. See, when I was coming up through this art, for those of you not in the same martial art, I'm talking about ninjutsu, right? Um, that spoke directly to me in the ninjas, uh, the ninja no uge, right? Deception, manipulation, henso jutsu, disguise and impersonation, whatever, right? Because the ninja has this ability to take on a persona, be authentic, so much so that the other person would not know that they weren't from the same realm, right? In neurolinguistic programming, in certain realms in psychology, this is called rapport building, right? And rapport is not just getting somebody to like you. It's getting them to see you as the same. You're there for the same purposes, the same reasons, right? You're going to be allies in whatever it is that's going on, right? That's how, you know, that's how you make friends, okay? Most people end up with friendships. But what really happens is they meet people that are already very much like themselves, and they see that in the other person. But they have a very, very difficult time making friends because they can't make that happen on purpose. Does that make sense? James, that makes sense? Okay. So again, here's that. Um, and I, I had a, a psychiatrist friend uh, a long time ago. It wasn't even in the art. It was just a friend of mine. And, you know, we were talking about this one time and he said, you know, most of my, most of my clients, their biggest problem is that they spend most of their time being human beings or human happenings, right? Where life is happening to them and they're, they're being human doings. They're running around trying to do all this stuff. But if they could just stop and know themselves, right? Know thyself, all those kind of things, right? So that they could actually become a human being, right? Um, Anyway, so, so again, it, it's about intention, right? So anyway, so this one mandala, right, has to do with potentials, right? The other one has to do with interactions. The Kongokai mandala actually has to do with interactions. One is about how things show up, right, or how things manifest, okay? 
So my potential as a father didn't exist before July 29th of 1981. I mean, the potential existed, but the, the, the activated potential to be a father didn't exist before July 29th, 1981, when my oldest son was born. Then I became a father. Well, I count nine months before that as well, because, but the active thing where I actually had to be a participant, all those kind of things, right? Um, it didn't exist, right? And then that whole learning process and learning curve and any of you, any of you that are, that's a parent, you know what I'm talking about, right? Um, cause you can read all the books in the world, but that little human being is gonna, is gonna, is gonna show you how this, it, what they're going to show you are the skills that you don't have, right? Because it didn't matter how well I was able to hold conversations with military peers because I was in the military. It didn't matter what my grades were on test and how I could uh, write a, a term paper, a book report, a thesis. What it didn't matter, right? Didn't matter how well I held conversations with my wife. Because if I couldn't convey ideas and whatnot at a whatever age he was and then his sister and other sisters and whatnot to them so that they could understand it, it didn't matter. Right. So challenges and the process, right, of growing, learning and whatnot. Right. The, The reason they're a challenge is because life is showing us the skill sets that we're lacking or the skill sets that we have that are not up to the task that we need in the moment. Right. So this Kongokai diamond round mandala um, highlights processes. Okay. So I use that a lot. Um, I mean, you can also use it for, for the way things kind of show up, but I use that in, even in martial arts training, right? Because there are these five, realms, these five areas uh, that all belong to one of these five systems. And I'll talk about that in a minute here, because um, that's that's the one we're going to highlight uh, during this one. And I'm, I'm going to have to make sure I bring my notes up so I don't forget anything. Um, I, I use it to point out five different attacker types, right? The way people uh, come at you, right? You could even break that down and highlight five different types of punchers, five different types of kickers, five different types of wrestlers, right? Uh, you can, you can broaden it out, right? And, and see it as, uh, from the perspective of fight strategy, right? Cause some people just, they're, they gravitate toward wrestling or they gravitate toward, uh, manhandling kind of things. Some people gravitate toward like the bouncing around like a, like a, you know, uh, I don't know, <laughs> somebody on a hot tin roof or something. I don't know, but they're just bouncing around. They're all over the place, right? Some people gravitate toward systems where you just barrel ass in and just take the fight to them. Some people, you get the idea, right? Um, but it's a way to look at these things. And the process then is an understanding. Okay. What strategy do I use? Because some people, once they gravitate toward that, that's all they have, right? So some people just barrel ass in and 
then can't understand why their life is a wreck because it, nobody wants to be around them or it only works sometimes, but it doesn't work the rest of the time. And then that grows into resentment and life sucks or people suck or whatever. When in reality, they're running around the world with a hammer and therefore every problem is a nail. And if it, if it isn't right, I mean, you know, fix a broken glass window with a hammer. I mean, you better be okay with your house being well ventilated, right? I mean, it's just, it's just the way it works, right? Or running around with duct tape. Okay. Well, I can fix a cracked window pane with duct tape, but I'm not letting very much light in after that. Right. So the, the whole idea is, is adaptation, right? And so since we're talking about growth, right? The title of this episode is growth using these five elements. Okay. So anyway, uh, I, again, we'll make sure that the links go out and whatnot, but, um, what I had to explain to, uh, this, this student who was looking for an answer was, look, there's a set of five elements that represent this idea of how things manifest, how they show up. So you could use it as a way to catalog things, right? Um, to be able to see the difference between this and that and to, to be able to, to have more options. Okay. Um, and I, again, I, I wrote that article. How long ago, James? Um, how many years before you were even a student? Maybe. Um, I think I wrote that back in the mid, mid eighties, right? Where were some of you guys in the eighties? Anyway. Um, so that was basically article one. And then article two was flipping it and looking at this other one that dives way more into the processes and is reflected in the, go, in the, this Godai, uh, mandala but it's a chinese system the the first system is actually a tibetan system that made its way into um japan and you can see these these symbols these stupas As a matter of fact i put it on the on the uh the promotional slide that went out for everybody right that graphic that's right there you can see these statuary all over japan uh that, that represent these things um the other one if you go to a Chinese herbalist or you go to a shiatsu practitioner or you go to somebody who's doing Reiki or whatever, you're probably going to see this thing, right? Where you've got these five elements laid out, not quite in a circle, it's but you'll see a pentagram and then there's a circle that connects it. Uh, this actually shows up in Western uh, Wiccan things as well, right? But it's the, it's the process and the interaction between these things. So where one represents symbolically manifestations, right? Um, states of energy, I guess, right? The other one represents how they interact, okay? Um, there's a productive cycle. There's a destructive cycle. It's, it's that kind of thing, right? So in our martial arts training, I use one to help people understand options like fight options or emotional states that could pop up that could cause us to be in one one place or another and then how would we use that right since we're already there how would we use that for advanced students now how do we use one of those as a strategy against its opposite fight style right because if we only know one, then we're going to try to use that one against any other fight style. 
and it, I, people just naturally accept that, you know, sometimes shit works and sometimes it doesn't. But I don't know that many people give any thought to the fact that there might be a better way, right? Um, some do, right? They get involved in mixed martial arts and whatnot because they rep- they recognize that they're missing some tools and they're re- missing some options. But then again, if they're just running around and collecting things, but they don't understand, again, how it works, then what they're trying to do is mix uh, like a hard style with a soft style or whatever, because it's just a matter of getting things, right? Um, the cool thing about Nidatsu, or at least the way these nine schools that Atsumi Sate had Soke ship over, um, the way they developed, the principles and concepts are the same. Each leads with a different primary and uh, immediate secondary or whatever, but all the principles and concepts are the same, right? As opposed to trying to take like a hard style karate because that gives me my punching and kicking and mix that with a uh, soft style of throwing or joint locks or whatever, and then mix that with, uh, you know, a, a very firm commanding uh, negotiation style and mix that. It's, it's just, it, it, it can be done, right? But the person has to have a very, very high level of intuitive ability to make that work, right? But what you often see is that even after it's been mixed together, uh, the person will still gravitate toward one thing or the other, right? So anyway, again, there are these things. So what I want to do is I want to take these these five um, these five uh, elements from what we call the godai, right, which just means five elements um, that are a way to kind of look at things. But we're also going to look at a reflection of this gogyo, right, this process kind of thing, right? So if you have the ability, if you have something right in front of you that uh, that you can write on, uh, that'd be great. If not, if you have five coins in your pocket, you could use that as well. Okay. But what we want to do is we want to create basically a Roman cross. Okay. So I don't care if you have coins and you arrange them in a, in the form of a plus sign, right, uh, or a, a square T or Roman cross or whatever, where you have one in the middle. One above it, one below it, one immediately to the left and one immediately to the right. If you don't have that, but you have, uh, you know, paper and a writing utensil or you have a, a tablet that you can bring up something that you can use a stylus to draw on, then do the same pattern, but just make these circles, right? One in the middle, one immediately above it, one immediately below it. So they form a, uh, a column, right? And, uh, uh, you know. And then one immediately to the left, one immediately immediately to the right. So these things are lined up. Okay. So if we're looking at this from the perspective of growth, there's two um, there's two reflections, right? One is in making sure that what the ancients would have said were were required as Four or five realms, right? Four areas of our life, four areas of our person that are equally strong, right? Um, are, are actually firing, right? That we actually have them because if we're missing something, then it's, it's going to be difficult to, to, uh, to get, to, to operate in, in 
many different realms. Okay. And I apologize if this is confusing. I'm, I'm trying to make this as simple as possible. So um, what we're going to be looking at are five areas of our life and how or what we're doing and to what degree. Okay. Then we're going to go back and take a look at those things from the Kongokai's perspective of here's where the student starts with any given process or any given thing that we're working on, right? It could be um, a goal we're trying to attain. It could be where we start with our martial arts training and what what's developing, right? Because one is about um, – one is about what we have going on. The other one is, is actually the growth process, right? Um, on the mandala, it's about enlightenment. Okay. It's about enlightenment, wisdom in the martial arts. We might say mastery, right? That kind of thing. Um, uh, but again, you know, from, from that purely spiritual side, they use wisdom and enlightenment and, the, and those kind of things. Right. And I'm squinting for those people that I'm, uh, on live with, but, um, you know, it's again, you'll, you'll see when we get there. Okay. So, um, if you can, if you have the ability to make two of these graphs, that's great, but you don't need them. Okay. So just one layout. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to start just arbitrarily in a given direction. And because the, the godai, these five elements work in ascending order. Okay. From energy that's in a solid state that seems like it's not moving. Right firm that kind of thing to things get more and more loose and and whatnot as they go okay so again for those of you who know this, this is just going to be a quick review for those who don't um then I'll, I'll give you enough that you can work with okay but these are reflected in everything from the universe to the way the planet works to you can see it in your job you can see it in your education I'm going to just start with just in the human body. Okay. Because that's, that's where we are. Right. That's, that's part of our, our makeup. Okay. So Chisui Kafu Ku in Japanese, earth, water, fire, wind, void. Some people say air instead of uh, wind uh, for, um, uh, for um, Fu, right. Uh, but Fu Kaze, right. means wind, but like Kamikaze, right. Divine wind. Okay. Um, so I, I tend to use that and not air, right? Air is more akin to this void openness kind of idea, um, uh, like a space thing, but I'm not, I'm not splitting hairs with anybody. That's, I just want people to know that, that that's the reference point I'm using. Okay. So in the human body, right? The earth realm, and these are, these are not weird. They're just a way to catalog things, categorize things. Okay. Um, in our art, Sometimes they show up that way, and sometimes they're just a simple old counting method, right? Earth, water, fire, wind, void, first, second, third, fourth, fifth, one, two, three, four, five. I know it. the, the, the words don't mean the numbers, but it was a way to just kind of put things in place, right? But it can also represent foundational things, like in the San Chi no Kata, right? Chi no Kata, Su no Kata, Ka no Kata, Fu no Kata, Ku no Kata, right? Um, we could look at them as just as the first model, second model, third model, fourth model, fifth model. If we go deeper, we can recognize that everything grows off of Chinokata 
And then like each model and the way I, I present it to my students is you'll do better with each subsequent model if you have the ones below it handled. Okay. So you're going to see chi no kata in sui no kata. You're going to see chi and sui in ka. You're going to, that kind of thing. Right. So anyway, all right. So in the human body, chi earth is, is just symbolic, symbolically pointing to our bones, muscles, tissues, those solid parts of our body. Right. Uh, sui, right. Water is the fluids, body fluids, blood, that kind of thing. Right. Ka, fire, is your metabolism, right? It's the fact that you're alive and kicking, right? Um, depending on what, what the vibrancy level is, right? Some people are just existing, right? Other people are on full bore. Most of us, you know, life changes things, right? Diet, breathing, all those kind of things, right? Uh, fu, wind, is our respiration, and ku is our ability to think and communicate. Okay. So this is not difficult. When I, when I, uh, give these to students initially, um, often what I'll, what I'll kind of allude to is look, think about a file cabinet with five drawers. Okay. You got one down here, chi, earth. Next one up is sui, water. Next one up, ka, fire. Next one is fu, wind. Next one is, uh, void. But inside each of those drawers, you will have file folders or divider sections that are all the same all the way up, right? So uh, one uh, might be about uh, health and fitness. One might be about um, uh, parenthood. One might be whatever, right? They're all going to be the same, okay? But what's in each one is that element's kind of way to do things, right? Um, let, let's jump into wilderness survival skills. Uh, I, again, I'm trying to jump around so I give enough reference points that something should click, right? So let's jump into wilderness survival skills, and we'll just pick one, okay? Um, fire lighting methods, okay? The earth method for fire lighting doesn't require very much energy at all. It's It's just... You, you can be lazy with it, right? I take a nine volt battery and steel wool and I t rub that battery across it and that steel wool will ignite. Okay. And so it doesn't require anything, right? Um, the water method. So the next one up. So I've got a file folder or a section for wilderness survival skills in each drawer. Okay. But the earth method will have that kind of thing, right? Where it's just Here's the earth way to do it, right? It's battery and some steel wool, right? The drawer for water, fire lighting skills, under wilderness survival skills, all that kind of stuff, right? Um, it will, because that has to do with flowing, right? Um, focusing, clarity, those kind of things, right? What we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to uh, channel sunlight through a magnifying glass or through something that's lens-like to focus things in and get the fire to start. Okay. Uh, again, we need to understand the principle and concept. Okay. Um, I, I could be out in wilderness. If anybody's ever tried to, to, uh, light a fire, focusing sunlight through their glasses depends on the lens, right? But what I could do is take a drop of water 
and put it on my lens, um, on my glasses, on the lens, right? And now just shift that so that it'll work. Well, what if you don't wear glasses, Sensei? That's fine. I grab a leaf, I poke a hole in the leaf, and I put a drop of water over that hole, and then I just shift it and hold it because now I've got this double uh, convex, uh, yeah, convex lens, right? And it's just like a magnifying glass, okay? And I'm gonna aim that at my tinder. Um, uh, my kindling, right? No, my tinder, um, to get it to spark, right? So it's about flowing and focusing, right? Fire, right? What's the fire in that drawer, right? For fire lighting uh, methods, what am I doing, right? Well, that's flint and steel because that requires some vigorous energy to get that to happen. And I want to get a spark to catch flint and steel, those fire starters that, you know, Boy Scouts use or that you can get in, in survival places and whatnot, uh, just toom, right? You're throwing sparks, okay? It's that kind of vibrancy, energy, energetic kind of thing, right? Um, in the wind uh, drawer, right? Same thing, fire loading skills, right? So now I've got bow and drill, okay? Because um, uh, wind uh, symbolizes also rotational and kind of centrifuge kind of movement, uh, that kind of thing, right? Just like slipping evasion kind of things. So that's bow and drill or fire stick where I'm getting that stick to twist and turn, right? To create that kind of thing. And then in the void drawer, it's going to have things like, uh, creative methods, uh, could be chemical, right? Um, could be, uh, what else? It could be, um, uh, if I have a firearm, right? I could pop the bullet off of a cartridge and pour the, um, the uh, powder out into my kindling, right? And then uh, use uh, the, I'll put the cartridge back in the weapon and back off the requisite distance, which is give or take two to four feet, depending on the caliber, right? Because I still have this primer in the cartridge and I'm going to fire that at the tinder, right? It can't be too close because it'll just, the percussion will just blow shit all over the place, right? But if I back out, what I'm doing is I'm getting all the stuff from the primer to fly out into the tinder and the, the gunpowder and get that to spark, right? So again, it's just, it's a way to classify different things. So it makes it easier to remember. I can do the same thing for water collection, water purification, uh, fire building structures, all that kind of stuff, right? Because it, it's just a classification system, right? Um, so again, this is, this is what we're looking at, okay? So let's start with that, uh, with the earth realm. So, if we're looking at the mandala, if, if you don't understand the mandala, it doesn't matter. You can just pick one of these things um, and go around the mandala. But uh, for, for my students that, that are in that, we're going to stay true to it. So it's easy for you to trans, uh, translate this stuff over, right? So the coin or the circle that is to the left of center, okay? So, and again, the mandala is all lined up differently. But if you're, if we're just looking at it based on a, based on a compass or whatever, it would be, to your west or to your left, okay? That's the earth realm, okay? That's the realm that represents things like command, motivation, um, value, um, mentoring, leadership, those kind of things, okay? Someone who is firm, stable, confident, they have a firm resolve, right? Strength, those kind of things, okay? So the question to ask right here is, who am I an inspiration for? Who am I a role model for? Um, who am I um, 
you know, kind of in charge of as far as nurturing goes or in a leadership position over? And how am I doing? Right. Um, am I am I working to study and become a better thing? Right. And I, I th- there's there's always going to be some folks that and I because I know this was me in the beginning. Right. Because of low self-esteem and all those kind of things. Right. Uh, it also represents self-value and, and recognition of self-value, but not arrogance. Okay, that's that's completely different. Okay, um, there's going to be some folks that that's going to rub the wrong way because um, I, I I'm not going to be somebody's role model. I don't want that kind of responsibility, or I'm I'm nobody that should be anybody's role model. But from a universal perspective, from a from a from a, a grand scheme of totality kind of thing, if I can borrow woo-woo phrases here, um, you already are. You don't, it doesn't matter if you want to be. It's kind of like it doesn't matter if you want gravity to be true or work or not, right? It's already going on. There are people looking at you, whether you want them to or not, whether you know it or not, who are looking at you or some aspect of how you do things, right? When I was growing up, my Uncle Frank, right, was my role model for being a comedian, for how to tell jokes. Right. There were other parts of his life. No, but the guy could make anybody laugh. And I wanted to be able to do that. So he was my role model for that. Right. But they're looking at you and they are thinking or saying these words. I want to be just like him. I want to be just like her. I want to do that thing just like them. So it doesn't matter. So the question is. Do you recognize that that's going on? And are you using that knowledge? And again, this is third person, right? This is the, these are the hard questions that a teacher asks to get the juices flowing and you don't have to like them. Okay. They were asked of me. They were asked of my teacher, his teacher ad infinitum. Are you living to that are you working on being the kind of person in whatever way in whatever realm that is going to be a solid role model okay in whatever way right um because that's from an enlightened perspective that's one type of responsibility. That's one type of um, potential. That's one type of, well, it's not just one type of, it's one aspect of ourselves, right? You could, you can play with it. You can work with it. You can work on it or not, but either way it's happening. The question is, is, is it happening, happening accidentally in a way that we have no control over? Or are we taking control of it to be that thing more intentionally? Right? I don't know. I can't answer that for you. I can only answer that for me. Right? The teacher points things out and and puts out and authentically and correctly passes on the lessons. But they can't do the work for the student. It's just that's not the way it works. Okay? So... Let's, let's keep moving up the model because I, I want to do a I want to do the counter to this as well. It won't take as long, 
but we need to understand the process because I just talked about the earth realm and being an inspiration, being a motivator, being a leader, being whatever. Okay. When we flip to the other one, I'm going to go around the elements again. I'm going to go around them differently, but we're going to be looking at the process, but it's, it's not going to be each of these realms. It'll be the process you work within each realm and within each aspect within that realm. Okay. So this is not the easy thing that most people want, right? James, what's one of my jokes in the dojo, right? If I could have a drive up window in the dojo, I'd have way more students. People could pull up the window one, order whatever technique, pull up the window two, well, they pay for it, pull up the window two, kick them in the teeth, right? With whatever kick they bought, give them the video for it and tell them I'd see them next class. Okay. Cause it wouldn't take much time out of their, out of their day, right? So why most people choose the dojo they do anyway, other than their personality type, which is a huge thing, right? We choose things, jobs, all kinds of things based on confirmation bias, right? We feel comfortable there. It doesn't make us feel like we need to learn any new skills. It doesn't make us feel out of place. It doesn't make us feel like that's not me. But that's also not going to allow for growth. That causes stagnation. Stagnate long enough, you get lazy, you get resentful, and then it's it's harder to pull out of that. Not really. All you have to do is decide and start moving in the other direction. What you have to do is, what's one of my uh, mentors, and James follows this guy too, you, you have to embrace the suck, right? Which is not what ego wants to do. Anyway, all right, so that's uh, that's Earth, right? Now, we need to shift to, if we're following the, the mandala, because the mandala is laid out for personal development and growth, not based on elemental uh, cohesion, so to speak, right? Um, so the, the elements, and it's a Tibetan system, earth, water, fire, wind, void, is based on the, the state that the energy is in. But the mandala is laid out for growth, uh, enlightenment, personal development, that kind of thing, okay? So it's not the same. The belt colors in the Warrior Concepts uh, Black Belt Mastery Program, our, our program at the dojo, the belt colors through the different modules reflect the the elements on the mandala okay so the color of the of the earth realm is gold or yellow right because it represents value okay in this context i'll explain a different way that it, it means for the other thing you have to understand which reference uh process or system that you're in right um so the belts through that level are yellow Okay, um, let's shift to the the bottommost circle, right? So the one below center, right? That's the water realm. Okay, that's the realm of the scientist, the realm of knowledge, clarity. Um, it's the realm of the student, researcher, that kind of thing, right? It represents knowledge, that which can be known, and the seeking to know that which can be known, okay? So the question to ask in this realm is, what am I currently doing to increase my level of knowledge in areas where I need improvement, right? What, what am I doing, 
Okay. So, and, and, you know, it can be easy to say, well, I, I study martial arts. Okay. But that's a cliche. Okay. Very few students that I've met are actually studying martial arts. They're learning the lessons that their teacher is teaching, but they take it and then they're doing, right? Their body's learning some things, but to study martial arts is to study their history, is to study conflict resolution. What causes it? It's to study how different people, different psychological states, different personalities are triggered to act. It's right. It's the study of warfare. Marshall is about warfare. What causes conflict? What causes people to lash out? For some people, it's physical. And most martial artists stop at ducking punches and avoiding knives and things like that. But they, they're shit when it comes to handling uh, arguments or pushy people or whatever. Right. And in those instances, their singular way of handling things, whether it's yelling and screaming or escapism or trying to negotiate or getting somebody else to handle their whatever. Right. That comes out. Okay? Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it works more often than not. Other times it works rarely. But, you know, people tend to default to, well, you know, you give them a suggestion to try a different mode. Well, that's just not me. Yeah. Right. You know when it will be when you add that option and you get really good at it. I'm not telling you to replace options. I'm asking. I'm telling you the growth is adding options. So now I can handle more than one type of person coming at me. Right. Because a fight isn't just a physical fight. But that's where people who gravitate to martial arts feel the most comfortable because they're already more tactically aware. They're, they already have more of a higher level physical intelligence. Okay. Growth is running into problems, recognizing that the reason I'm having a problem is because I lack or I'm not very good with the skill sets that are required. I started a martial arts school for the same reason that most people started a martial arts school. I love martial arts. Needed bodies. Well, that was starting a training group, right? But I wanted to help people, right? I wanted to help people be able to save themselves and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, most people start a martial arts school because they're really good at martial arts. Most people end up closing a martial arts school or it dwindles down to a group or whatever because they don't have the skill sets for communicating in a way that they have a lot of people come to them, right? Because they keep talking at people instead of speaking in a way that presents benefits and how the martial arts can be an answer or a solution to the problems that they're encountering. Well, everybody should want it for tough shit, right? If you're trying to duplicate you, that's why you have a small training group or no group at all. There's communication skills and how to be an effective teacher, right? To be able to speak people's listen, to be able to teach to the four different learning styles, right? Because otherwise you're just going to be regurgitating what your teacher told you 
Meanwhile, your teacher probably taught a, a bunch of different ways, but you only heard what matched your learning style. So that's what you're going to pass on, which means that at best, one out of four people that you encounter or that wants to be a student will understand what you're trying to convey or be good at it. But what do most teachers do? They knock the student, right? Just can't commit. That's what these people just keep quitting. These people, okay. Um, how do I keep the lights on? Okay. Business, ma business management skills. So there's all kinds of skills that I had to develop that I had no idea that I was going to need to have what I really wanted, but didn't, didn't phrase very well. Most people say, I, I want a martial arts school or I want to start a martial arts school. Anybody can start a martial arts school. Pay the first month's rent, hang up a sign. Congratulations, you've started a martial arts school. Can you keep one running long enough that when somebody enrolls, given that their life situation doesn't change or their interest level doesn't change or whatever, and they quit, that when they start, you absolutely know that unless you die, that school will still be alive and well when they're ready to test for their black belt. And you can do it for every student moving down the line, right? But I said I wanted to have a martial arts school. What I should have said, and now I say, is I want to have a successful martial arts school. I have that, okay? But even that definition was askew because what I really want and what, what my goal is now, what James is helping me with what uh, Sensei Reinhardt and a bunch of other folks are helping me with is to have a thriving martial arts school that I don't have to worry about whether the bills are paid this month, whether my mortgage is paid this month. They are well compensated for that, so they don't have to worry about whether their job will mandate overtime and they can't make it for the classes they're supposed to be teaching or whatever. The way we define things, this is in the knowledge section, right? The way we define things points to what we know we need, what we know we don't have, and where we need to go looking because it requires that my knowledge in certain areas improves, okay? It might not be martial arts. It might be relationships, right? Marriage is faltering. What don't I know? What don't I know? What don't I even know? <laughs> what do I not know that I don't know? Right? Because it's bad enough to not know something that you know you need to fix. Okay? Which is why we get teachers. A lot of people run around thinking they can just learn this stuff on their own because they're just going to watch YouTube videos. You can learn a lot of stuff. Okay? What you're not going to know, what you're not going to understand that a teacher can give you at least a good teacher anyway, that they can give you is they're going to expose you to things that you didn't even know existed. You didn't even know it was important. You didn't even know you didn't know, right? Once it's into the realm of the known, even if I don't know it, like I don't, I don't know how to speak Hungarian, but I know the Hungarian language or that language family exists, right? Then I can decide whether or not I'm going to work on it or not. Okay. So um, anyway, so this is the realm of knowledge, right? So 
what are you currently studying to increase your level of knowledge and understanding? Do you have an open learning mentality or do you immediately shut down anybody who's doing what you do differently because if because you equate them doing it differently with it being wrong with anything different than what you're doing with be, you get where I'm going with this okay in Mikyo, right, in the Shingon school, there's 10 levels of development. But the training within Shingon only goes to level 9. Level 10, what Hatsumi-sensei is always called a return to zero. Zero is a hole in a piece of paper, but it's a placeholder, right? It's full potential. Level 10 is leaving the school you don't have to necessarily physically leave it, right? But you're leaving those lessons behind. And then you're going to study anything and everything. Okay. And you start with those things that are opposite from what you do or what you believe or what you know. Because the enlightened lesson is truth is not owned by any one person, group, or faction or organization or whatever, right? And even our enemies can have can have things that we need, right? And how do we how do we know, right? Unless we go look at that other thing, right? Then even if we come away from that going, yeah, I was right. It's it's but now you'll know to the depth that it is and not just a value judgment or not just a cursory, right? Snap judgment. Same thing with martial arts, right? Okay. How do I know? Okay. Experience, right? I've tried those things. What? And not just a little try. Okay. There was a year long span that, I took time off from this training. I didn't take time off from training. Took time off from this training and the learning process and went around and trained and sparred with other people. Because during that year, what I was trying to do was break this art. I was trying to prove it wrong instead of proving it right, which is counter to what ego wants. Once we're doing something, ego wants to always prove that it's right. Okay. But I wanted to, See if I could break this. I'm going to try to prove it wrong. Okay. I found lots of instances where techniques didn't work. But it wasn't the technique. It was me trying to apply a technique where it didn't belong. That's different. That's a whole different level from just learning a technique. Right. When we learn a technique, we learn how to apply it. But we need to understand when, how, why. That's part of the subject of this week's uh, Whiteboard Wednesday, right? Uh, where I'm going to be looking at all the things that kata are not teaching with the physical form itself, but you still have to learn. Like when I started my martial arts school, all the those skills I had to learn, right? There's a bunch of things that you need 
for street self-defense that a, just the form of the kata doesn't teach, but is implied because most people are just trying to learn off the densho, which is the books or scrolls that are the list of kata, but they have no exposure to or desire to learn from or whatever the makimono of that same school where all the lessons that the technique is an embodiment of reside. It's a completely different thing, right? It's like having, um, it's like having uh, dinner, right? Understand the idea of eating, right? But we don't understand the whole nourishment thing. We don't understand nutrition, whatever, right? What's what? Why? Why do why do animals, including human beings, eat? Right? Human beings are the only ones, the only animal in the in the animal kingdom on this planet that eat for purely enjoyment reasons. Not that we don't eat for nutrition and all that kind of stuff, but we eat because, or and we seek out food because, right? Most animals eat because they're hungry, and they stop eating when they're not or whatever. Okay. There are some that don't, I get it, but I'm talking about enjoyment, not just eating because there's something right there and I'm just wired to eat like sharks or pigs. Okay. So anyway, knowledge, what are you doing to increase your personal knowledge or your, your knowledge banks in at least one given area that's important to you? Okay. All right. Let's jump over the center circle or the center coin, whatever you're using, to the top one, the topmost one, right? So it's right above the center one, okay? That's the fire realm, okay? Um, I don't have time to answer why these things are laid out the way they do. Um, I could point to a swastika and really irritate some people because they only have one understanding of that thing, didn't know that it came from some of these other realms, um, was borrowed and whatnot, but we'll, we'll leave that alone, right? So but it's, it's about energy and motion and matching up the yin yang and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, fire realm. Okay. The fire realm is the realm of expression. The fire realm is the realm of, uh, expressing truth. It, the water realm is the realm of knowing that which can be known, knowing truth. The fire realm is the realm of expressing truth, expressing that which is known. Okay. It's the realm of the teacher. It's the realm of the artist. Um, it's the realm of uh, an artist can be in any realm, right? Painter, dancer, whatever. Okay. Um, so uh, the question there is, what am I doing to express truth? What am I doing to share the knowledge that I have? To help others that are in these other realms, right? What am I doing? Um, see, it's very much related to the to the uh, to the Earth realm, right? But in that realm, it's about being a role model, um, almost by virtue of your position, right? You are just a, a walking, talking example, or a, a, an example of that which is being sought, right? Um, you hold your it's it's the realm of integrity. It's the realm of uh, 
confidence and uh, again, inspiration, motivation, that kind of thing, right? Like Hatsumi Sensei, for the longest time before I understood the depth of the lessons, right? Um, it was very difficult to learn from him because he was, he was way up here, right? I mean, he was just a, a moving example of the lessons. I know people try to learn from that, but I had these other teachers that were a bridge between he and I, and they were explaining, right? Okay, so here's what's going on. Timing, distancing, angling, relative positioning, right? Those kind of things, right? And so during those phases of my training, Hatsumi Sensei, to me, was an example of the goal realized. He was a walking, talking, living example of where I wanted to go, what I wanted to be, how I wanted to be able to do this stuff to that to that degree. He was an example, right? He was the art expressed in human form. He was the, the all these lessons expressed in human form. Okay, so um, this is the realm of the teacher, right? Uh, again, so the question is, what are we doing? What am I doing? to right so if i if i just do me right um i'm very aware right that um i'm not just the teacher on the dojo floor right you ever known these teachers that you know talk about health and fitness and all that kind of stuff and and what you need to be doing and how you need to carry yourself and show respect and all that kind of stuff um in the dojo meanwhile they're, they get drunk, they get into fights, uh, they smoke like a chimney, whatever, right? Um, when they're not in the dojo, right? Um, you know, in the dojo, they carry themselves like this, this role model, right? Meanwhile, outside the dojo, they hate their job, they hate their life, they hate their family, they, whatever, right? The only place they have any kind of control is inside those four walls, right? So, I do my utmost to carry myself as a man of integrity, right? I do what I say I will do, right? I try to walk the talk as much as possible, okay? Um, I don't overstep my bounds. I don't make promises I can't keep, those kind of things. And I tell people I'm not making that promise. I'm not signing that because at this point, I don't know that I can fulfill on that, so I'm, I'm not going to commit to that, okay? When I'm sure that I can do that or when I... Uh, have the wherewithal to be able to commit to that. Yeah. Then I'm all in. Okay. But I'm not going to make, I'm not going to tell somebody that, Oh, absolutely. I'll help you move on Saturday. Um, but I've told 15 other people this week that I'm going to help them with something on Saturday and then, right. That kind of thing. Um, in the knowledge area, right. I'm always learning more about how to be a teacher. James knows whether it's how uh, one of our online systems work and whatnot. So I can make sure that it's more, it's working smoothly or um, more about certain types of students that I have and what their needs are and how they think and actually how they describe the problem. So I can use the same words that they use so that they know that there's a match, right. As opposed to me saying that, you know, it doesn't matter to me. Um, that they didn't understand because that's not my fault, right? I explained it very clearly. Yeah, to me. Meanwhile, I'm not speaking their listen at all, okay? Um, as a teacher, right, both to my kids, to my grandchildren, to 
do whatever, right? So I'm trying to be an expression of, of this stuff, right? Uh, anyway, so let me just take a quick minute here and close the door. Okay, so anyway, all right, so let's move to the coin or circle to the far right, right? So it's right of center, right? Wind realm. The wind realm is the realm of all accomplishing action. It is the realm of um, adaptability. It is the realm also of self-sacrifice, okay? It is the realm of service, okay? It's the realm uh, of the warrior, Okay, so uh, this is the realm where uh, whatever we're doing, not whatever we're doing, but we have things that we do that it's not about us. Okay, Um, continuing on with my analogy about myself, uh, there have been times in my life where, uh, you know, I've taken my skills and offered them uh, as a bodyguard. For no pay. As a matter of fact, I paid my own way, hotel, travel, food, everything, and got no paycheck. Okay, uh, the Dalai Lama, uh, certain other uh, Tibetan teachers, because of our political relationship with China and whatnot, uh, the U.S. State Department does not provide these people uh, with security um, when they're visiting. So me and some other folks with the same kind of skills and background have volunteered our time um, to make sure that they're safe, okay? Um, Because I believe that what they stand for and their knowledge and all that, um, if push comes to shove, the good that they do in the world, to me, is so great that um, I will do what's necessary to keep them in the world, even if that means that something happens and I won't be, okay? That's self-sacrifice, okay? Same thing with my family, certain friends, but any, well, just generally anybody that I call friend, but I don't use the word friend loosely, right? To me, a friendly acquaintance or a friend from work or whatever, just very different than, than a friend, okay? That, that's just very different, okay? So... The question in the wind realm is, what cause or causes do I donate time to, right, effort and energy to? Money's one thing, but it's easy to drop money in a jar. It's something completely different to be proactive, sacrificing self, right, Could I be doing other things on that Saturday or on that Sunday that I'm actually helping this, you know, there's a veterans organization that I'm a member of, right? Yeah, of course, right? But I believe in that cause. So it's one thing to believe in the cause and write a check and being a supporter that way, um, you know, but it's also tax deductible. It's a whole other thing to give time, effort, and energy. And when I say self-sacrifice, I mean expecting nothing in return, including satisfaction 
and gratitude, right? Because if I do something because it makes me feel good, my ego still got a reward for doing it, right? How about doing it because those people need it or that that thing is in need? Okay, that's that's how deep this can go. Okay, on the and all these things have positive and negatives. Okay, I'll just borrow the wind realm for a second, right? On the wind realm, the the enlightened version of this is the warrior, right? That steps up to take on hardship so that others can be comfortable, free, whatever. Okay. If we overstep that, right, now what you have is a mercenary because they are getting paid and whoever's paying them, they'll be on that side. So this becomes too selfless. This becomes almost sociopathic where I'll sign up for whatever army um, as long as I'm getting paid. Okay. Uh, I'll vote you into office as long as I'm getting something out of it, not because I believe what you stand for or I've done my research and you have a track record of doing this. Right. As long as I'm getting something out of it, then, yep, I'll do it. Okay. so uh, on the underside of it, it's folks that are just too, too damn wishy washy. Right. Today, it's Greenpeace because the people they're hanging out with are all about save the whales and whatever. Right. So Greenpeace. And tomorrow, uh, because they're hanging out with people that are like, dude, I mean, this is, just, you know, this way fishing is done. And, you know, some animals are going to lose their lives because of the, you know, the way fishing is done. Right. So, oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, but they just right. They'll they'll agree with whoever they're with and whoever they're around because they're doing everything they can to avoid conflict. They often don't have a, a, I don't want to say they don't have a personality, right? They don't have boundaries, right? They want everything to be open, everything to be, you know, as long as we're all loving and caring, it's all good. The problem with that kind of thing from a balanced standpoint is if you stand for everything, you stand for nothing. Right. So how do I serve an ideal? How can I be a warrior that is protecting a certain thing if I don't see that thing as being beneficial? And because to accept everything is also to accept evil and people that come in. So why would I stand between me and this thing that needs to be protected if that person is okay too? I just have to understand, you know. He has his reasons. He's just wired that way. Yeah. Yeah. Some people are wired a certain way. They deserve to be removed from society because they do harm. Okay. So anyway, and then the coin in the middle uh, or the circle in the middle, right, is void, but it's not empty, right? It is the ability to shift into these different realms as they are needed in context with the situation that we're in. Or the problem we're trying to solve. Right? This is the realm of wholeness. 
actually that circle that I had you draw, that coin that I had you put there, right, doesn't exist or only exists to the degree and presence of each of the others. Because I know we're looking at four realms and four circles, but what we really should be looking at are four pie slices with all of the points coming to the center. And then that center would be, it's the center, but it's actually the whole pie. Okay. So if, if, if let's say the earth realm is missing, right? You got three quarters of a pie, right? We, you don't have, there's no wholeness. Okay. There's no, you're missing something. Okay. And we, this is where we feel that, that in life, right? We feel out of place. We feel, um, in over our head or we feel like, again, like something's missing, right? That's where people feel lonely or they feel, you know, again, somebody that, um, uh, doesn't see their own self-value, um, has, you know, has their own issues or whatever, but what they do is they run around and gather friends or relationships or whatever, because the unspoken expectation is these people are supposed to spackle the holes, right? They have the things that I don't have and therefore, right, I need them, right? And if they don't do what I need them to do, they don't fulfill my needs, whatever, then my wrath comes out because, right, I'm terrified because I can't do those things. Or I'm a lazy shit and I don't want to do those things. Either one works. Okay. So actually what ends up happening is as you work on each of these things, you're actually completing the arc part of that circle, that quadrant. Right. Um, that's that's how those things get filled in. Okay. Um, before I put James to sleep, um, he's not asleep. Right. <laughs> James, any questions or comments come in while I was covering this big thing before I do one more quick race around uh, the mandala from the growth aspect of any one of those. Because if you look in the mandala, if you look at the Kongokai mandala, six of the nine panels, the, the uh, Shingon version anyway, the, Tendai version only has one panel. It's the center one um, from the shingle, not from, right? Because the colors are different and there's a couple of reference points that are different. But um, uh, they all had these things. But if you look into them, right, you'll see a, a character in the in the center of the middle one, right? And then there's a character in the center of these other four, right? There are four characters around Again, we're in the center circle. There's four characters around those, but those four characters are the characters in the center of the other four realms, right? In those four realms, there are four characters around that center character. They represent the work to be done or the things to be developed to fully develop that aspect of yourself okay so again it's this is not for the lazy and it's not for the um the folks that want things handed to them and it's not for the folks i don't know how else to explain this of uh lower aptitude or that have convinced themselves that they're just not smart enough for it 
usually it's not about smart enough. Laziness enters in because they don't want to take the time to learn it and understand it. So they accept a lesser place. I'm not here to stop that. I know I keep looking down. I'm not looking at a teleprompter. Um, I have my laptop screen this way. And James is over there. Right? <laughs> anyway, um, so any James questions, comments? I don't, I, I, God, I could be on this for like weeks, but I won't be. So. Uh, <laughs> no, nothing other than just the hi, evening, mornings. Ohio, konnichiwa, konbawa. I guess when is I? Okay, so let's just do this. We're going to go once more around it, except this time we're going to start. Oh, here, here are the colors, because I, I know I gave you the earth colors so very, very quickly, just so you're not lost, right? Um, if you're already lost, I apologize, but you have the recording, right? So uh, the earth realm is yellow. Um, and again, in the context that I just gave you, it represents value, okay? The water realm, the one at the bottom, right, is blue, but it represents clarity as in like a still container of water or a pond it's perfectly still is mirror like okay uh fire realm one at the top okay is an orangish red right um but in this case red right um it represents uh blood it represents the heart it represents life okay vibrancy that kind of thing right um the uh wind realm so the one at the far right Okay, um, can be either green or black. I'll explain that in a bit, right? But um, it's the if we if we use the color black at the moment, right? It represents uh, the garb of the of the warrior, right? Um, the color black absorbs and takes in all other uh, light. Okay, um, it it's it it is symbolic of the warrior's willingness to take on the hardship and uh, and violence and all that kind of stuff that most people would, they, they'd shit them, they'd shit their pants. Okay. So, but it's the warrior's willingness to step up and take on the hardship that others won't. Okay. And that includes inner demons too. Okay. All right. Uh, the void realm is actually white. Uh, in some cases it's blue, but in this case, We'll talk about white because, again, it's empty and white light actually contains all the other colors. So it's the potential to be right. So all these things are in there anyway. Right. Um, so but we're going to go through it again. The colors. Yeah, the colors are the same. OK, colors are the same, but they're going to have a different uh, relationship. OK. So when we're looking at growth, we actually start in the water realm. Okay. The water realm is where we just reference martial arts, right? It's where the student begins. The student enters and begins learning things, right? It's the realm of learning. Okay. Um, we also question that which we think we know, all those kind of things, right? But let's just say we just start learning techniques. Okay. We learn a bunch of techniques. Okay. What is the natural inclination for most people? James, what's the, what's the natural inclination as students learn techniques and skills? Well, 
they think they learn it really quickly. They get like once they have like a basic understanding of it, they think they have it and they're ready to move on to the next thing. Okay. What else? It's even deeper than that. This is this is like it it happens at a subconscious, unconscious level. Um, and again, we don't have time to go into the depth of why this happens. We're actually covering this during the the ten week course, but um, people develop favorites, mm. right? How do they develop favorites? Things that feel good and they pick up easily, they like. Things they can naturally do quickly, they like. Things that are challenging, things that are painful, things that are going to take too much time, things that are aggravating, they don't like so much, right? At the very least, it'll be neutral. And they'll learn it because they have to because they're lured by the next belt or the next black belt level or whatever, right? Uh, I, I introduced this during the first class in the uh, Sanji Shichidobon program, the 37 Fundamentals program. The unenlightened mind, the average person, will not do anything unless there is a promise of reward or a threat of punishment. Because they're comfortable. They don't have to. So motivation normally comes in the, in the guise of uh, pleasure or pain. And, and modern science has backed this up, pain is a greater motivator than pleasure. Especially if one is comfortable where they are. They don't really have to do it. That'd be nice to have, but yeah, that's a lot of work. Okay. Now, if you lived in a drive-by zone or Thug Central or you're in the military and you know there's a risk of being deployed into a war zone at any time, you might be a little bit more motivated to know your shit so that you don't die just first one off the plane or the boat. Okay. Um, but hey, you know, who wants, who wants negativity and aggravation, right? Um, people in the West, people, uh, who live in comfortable communities and whatnot, they're drawn to the allure of the warrior. But for most of them, it's too freaking hard, right? And God help them if they're married, or families, or they have a job, or they have hobbies, or they have other interests, or whatever, right? God knows, man. You can't piss off honey. Because if honey ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. I hope that works in the other direction as well. Otherwise, you don't have a mutually beneficial relationship. Mutual, right? Um, same thing with you know, jobs or whatever. I get it, right? But the greater the hardship, right? There's a thing in warriorship known as a musha shugyo, right? Where you let go of all comfort and, and reference points and whatnot and just jump in and come out on the other side because you had to learn everything from the language to the culture to everything right so anyway right so uh, again remember the color for water it's blue it's actually a lighter blue in this case okay but it doesn't mean the same thing it did in the last aspect I gave you I'll put all this together shortly okay so the trick is to not develop favorites well how do you do that well you keep getting exposed to different things and understand that techniques are tools and if you know we need to get to a point where we understand that all techniques are of equal value they're either valuable in a given context 
or they're shit. They're going to get you killed, right? So, uh, but we need to see them all as the same because they're just tools. They're not right. They're not wrong. They're not good, bad, appropriate, inappropriate, whatever. They're just, here's, here's a lesson, okay? When we hit that state, we hit the state of uh, equanimity where everything is of equal value. That's the earth realm, okay? Again, color is still yellow or gold, right? Represents value, okay? But it represents equanimity, okay? Everything is of equal value, okay? Well, if everything's of equal value, how do I know what's right or not in any given moment? Ah, okay? The fire realm, the one at the top, right, is the realm of discernment, having a discerning mind, right? So in the process, we have dropped the designations of something being right as opposed to wrong. We've dropped the, this is the way it's done because this is our style. We've dropped all that stuff, okay? And we recognize that context is the most important thing. Okay? Context. This individual problem, this individual fight or attack, this type of attacker, this so as we were learning all of these things, we were were gaining, okay, look, these are techniques, but right, some are not gonna work against somebody who's two and a half times your size. They're gonna work if they're going to work for somebody else because they're closer to this guy's size and build and strength level or they're stronger or whatever, right? If you're not, they already own strength. They already own the mountain, right? So how do you handle that situation? Or they own speed or they own dexterity or agility or whatever, right? How do we meet that one? Okay. So discernment. This is actually the realm in, in exoteric, um, the, the philosophical studies uh, behind Nikyo. This is the realm of enlightenment as far as like personal enlightenment. Okay. So this is the realm where I get it, right? I'm able to match up my techniques and my skills and whatnot to this given attacker, this specific situation, this specific environment, this specific context. Okay. I'm not a cop anymore. Okay. But when I was a cop, right, <laughs> what I did on the job was going to be very, very different from what I did when I was on vacation with my family and not a cop. Because civilians have to worry about the self-defense doctrine and the law that way. But cops have to worry about that and departmental regulations and use of force doctrine and all kinds of things like that, right? So there's a whole bunch of other legal and or organizational policies that they have to worry about, okay? So the techniques that get applied, mine only have to match the force that's coming at me, right? As far as the self-defense doctrine goes, there's certain things. Doesn't matter how good that cop is at Taekwondo, it's not going to go over well if he throws a roundhouse kick at the perpetrator, knocks him out to get him into cuffs. It's not going to go well. Okay. 
from a media standpoint, from a reputation standpoint, nothing like that. Okay. So very, very different. Right. So that being said, right, then the better I get at that, right, I got that for me. And now what? Well, I may develop compassion or the need to help others with my newfound skills and abilities. So the wind realm as the realm of all accomplishing action is also the realm where uh, we develop what is known as um, skillful means. So now what I'm going to do is take my skills and whatnot and adapt them to help specific people, specific groups. Okay. One way that I apply skillful means is by being a martial arts teacher, but I've developed different programs for different types of people who need different things, right? My kid's program doesn't look exactly like my adult program. Yeah, but you're supposed to pass this stuff on authentically. Yeah, I get it. It was developed for adults who were warriors during specific time periods who had specific responsibilities and problems. Okay. I promise you that the eight or 10 year olds that are dealing with bullying, I'm not giving them a live sword and teaching them to cut down someone who disrespects them in school. Okay. But that would be the authentic way to handle it from a Japanese society in a feudal period. If you disrespect me, I chop your damn head off and we call it a day and I don't go to jail for it. So people talk about authentic and historical and, okay, I get it. Okay, I get it that they don't get it, but it's a cool fantasy. Okay, so other skillful means became a workplace violence consultant, help corporations put this. So I look at it from fortifications. I look at it. So I'm just pulling out from these different knowledge sets to create a program or create a solution for a specific client who has a specific problem. That's skillful means. Okay. And the void realm is the ability to think and communicate, strategize and those kind of things and know where I am at any given point for any given problem for each thing, because it's going to be cyclic, right? As I do the skillful means thing, right? And I'm helping a client, I may realize crap. I, we need to put this in place. I don't know enough about that. So I can either hire skillful means, hire a one, or I have time. So therefore I'm going to go right back into the water realm and start looking up and researching, right? About that kind of thing. That's going to go into here are my options. Discernment is which of these options best suits the thing that we're working with. And then how does that get adapted into that particular thing, right? So this is not a, is not a static kind of thing. It's, it's a, it's kind of a spiral staircase kind of thing for climbing, right? So, but here's the thing, right? For growth, right? The colors, blue, then yellow, then reddish orange, then green or black, right? I'm going to ignore the white for the moment, right? Because it's just potential. It's just there. Okay. Um, this is it's symbolized it's symbolized by right and the reason the things are in the positions they are is because it represents a day 
we enter in the water realm, knowledge, blue, okay, it's the sky at dawn. We move to midday, sun's high in the sky, it's a yellow disc. We move toward dusk, where we're taking stock of what we've learned, how far we've come, that kind of thing, right? And the sky is kind of a reddish orange. As it moves toward night, well, why is wind either green or black? Depends on whether you have a moon or not and to what degree. Okay, you get this shade, right? Right. So is it actually green? Well, in the ancient days, when most things were grass and trees and whatnot, you'd have a village here or there. Yeah. Yeah. The moon's either lighting up, you know, kind of a greenish cast, right, of the world, or there's a new moon, which means there's no light and it's dark as shit. Okay. I mean, like dark, dark. If you've ever been out, uh, military, we go out to certain ranges or whatever, um, and like it's so dark, right? Uh, especially on an overcast night where there's clouds that covers up the star, uh, the star patterns, right? It's it's dark, dark, right? Um, in today's world, it's really difficult to to run into those kind of things unless you go into the mountains or whatever, because cities and towns are so close together, and with the electricity and lights and stuff like that, it reflects off the stratosphere and you create these creates these glows, right? So it's almost never like dark, dark. Right. But anyway, it's this it's it's the passage of a day. So the wind realm is the overnight dream state and whatnot, where your conceptualization functions start to create ideas and whatnot, because in that realm, what you're doing is you're using your conceptualization and consciousness faculties to take that which you already know and recombine it to produce solutions creative solutions for the task at hand or to, to move forward. Right. So, you know, Hatsumi Sensei doesn't move like anybody else. I mean, before his retirement, right. Cause now he's in a wheelchair and, and those kind of things. Right. But a master, right. You often look at him and you go, well, why am I learning all this stuff over here? He doesn't move like that. Well, he doesn't have to anymore. Cause now he's just a walking, talking example of principles and concepts in action. He doesn't need the form. He's entered the realm of the form less because he can just adapt to whatever, right? He doesn't need the reference points because he's controlling more things than you even know exist or that need to be controlled. Okay. Anyway, so that's that process. So that, that process of learning enough options and those kind of things, right? Getting to a point where you see them as all equal. Because when I truly understand the problem and I'm adaptive and things like I then I can I, I know which one is right, not right or wrong, but right as an appropriate and best suited for this given situation. Some people are just computer programs, right? They've got the same friggin' habits. They've got the same speech patterns. They, they spew the same cliches. Don't be that person. Okay. Growth is growing beyond that which was before, but growth 
into an area. It's this is not adding shit, right? Um, I'm I'm gonna make sure that the garden is like the plants are spaced far enough apart so there's room for the leaves to grow so the vegetables or the fruit or whatever that's growing can grow to its full potential as opposed to well, you know what? I got a better idea, right? Um, how about if I plant some other things in between those and that way I'm maximizing my garden except that it's all going to choke the everything else out. Um, we had a garden one time and I I just didn't fathom the the size, not of the squash or stuff that my wife wanted planted, but like the vines and the leaves. And I planted something too close. I figured I had enough, enough room because I know how big these things are going to grow. But I didn't realize how big the vines and the leaves for that plant were going to grow. And they completely overshadowed the other things that I had planted right adjacent to them. And those things couldn't grow because they couldn't get sunlight. Right? The rain hit those things and would roll off those leaves onto adjacent things. And, and leaves grow to channel the water for rainfall down the stems to the root system, right? But they completely, it was like umbrellas over these other things, which didn't grow. It was a waste of time, right? Because I didn't know that thing, right? And if I don't know it, then it's a crapshoot, right? If it worked out, I can't go see, worked anyway. You got lucky, right? Let's not confuse luck with intentionally applied skills in a given direction for a given outcome that you know that process will produce if worked properly. Okay. Way too many people gloat and brag about shit that was nothing more than luck. That's not living intentionally. That's accidentally and it just happened to work out. It's not the same thing. You know, that's like all these people running around not trying to learn self-defense, right? Get to the end of their life and see, see, I was never attacked. Yeah, but look at the statistics, okay? That just means that a bunch of other people were attacked in place of you. Congratulations. It doesn't mean that you did anything that produced a safe life where an attacker did not hone in on you. You just accidentally weren't in view of or in within the selection process when they were busy selecting of all these frickers, all these, all these people in the world. That's not intentional. It just happened to work out. Congratulations. Okay. Anyway, so I want to go around through that because that process that goes over anything that fits in any one of those realms that I covered the first time through. Okay. Growth is not easy. Growth is work. But trying to grow just, you know, acorns fall from trees all the time. You know which ones grow? The ones that happen to bounce and or get kicked or knocked into a position within the forest that allowed for rain. They weren't laying on rocks, right? They were in fertile ground and the sunlight could reach them. And they didn't get eaten by other animals. They didn't get squirreled away by squirrels and then forgotten and rot. That that's that's accidental. That's not intentional. Okay. All right, James. What do we have before I wrap this up? 
There's been <clears throat> no other comments or questions. Either I'm that good or everybody's asleep. Well, another one for the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right. As always, guys, if you have questions or comments, you can either post the comments or you can send email, right? Um, general email uh, box is warriorc at warrior-concepts-online.com. James, can you pop that into a, into the chat thing so people have it? And they don't misspell it. We get messages every once in a while, like nobody answers me. It's the first one I've seen. Well, I've sent all these. Well, I can't. I can't fix it or police the internet. And you know, take a any more. I just ask for a screenshot, and then I go. I'm spelling 101. Okay? So everybody wants to be a warrior. Not everybody can spell warrior. Okay? What's that? What's that one T-shirt we have? We have on the on uh, WCI Dragons Den again. Um, everybody wants to be a black belt till it's time to do black belt shit. I think we even have a version that says everybody wants to be a ninja till it's time to do ninja shit, right? Yes. All right. Carl says you are that good. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Carl. Uh, anyway. All right. Cool. Um, yeah, I'm still working on this stuff. I, I admitted to the people in the Sanjay Shichiro program uh, on Thursday. Uh, and by the way, if you're in that program, like James has all that stuff loaded up uh, in the membership area. So if you can't get at it or whatever, um, you need to let him know so that he's like, like works magic. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but I, I admit it. Sometimes I do these programs and sometimes I do these topics because I'm, revisiting something and working on something and I'm passing on the words of my teachers or this other study and whatnot. Um, not just because I want you to get it, but because I need to hear it again. I need to be reminded of things. Okay. Because again, we have student creeds, we have vows of intentions, we have warrior code of action, right? I have a master's creed in my dojo, if for nobody else than me. And the master's creed is really simple. The day I cease to be a student is the day I'm no longer fit to be a teacher. And I truly do believe that. Because I believe in this idea of I can, can I, however you want to position it, right? Which is just an acronym. Improvement is constant and never ending. The day you stop, the day you stagnate, the day you start to die. Brackish water is poisonous. Stagnant water. There's no flow to it. Okay. Anyway, but that's me. right? You do you. I'll do me. And if we bump into each other, only if there's a teacher-student relationship will I give you those little eyes, those looks. Otherwise, enjoy the program. I hope it serves you. What else, James? You look like something else came in. Well, uh, David Colasarzan, the Bowstaff guy, is hey, he called himself. It's the Bowstaff guy. And uh, Punisher seven 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 just commented. People keep questioning the techniques you use, yet you say you've used it in real situations. Would be interesting to see you do a video where you demonstrate one of the moves you have done, which I'm pretty sure you've done. I, I have done those. Um, I've also had people 
post on a lot of videos. Um, it's hard for me to take you seriously when you don't do your techniques at speed. Thank God. I'm not wearing fucking gloves where there are no rules and stuff like that. I mean, the stuff I'm demonstrating is like that they're not, they're not restraints and takedowns. Everybody does understand that these shoulder manipulations are, that's a polite way of saying it's a dislocation, right? Like the one thing I talk about with that one guy that got his black belt and he's big, I blew his shoulder out. That's how it works. So, and if these people are like, you don't do that stabbing thing, or I just did something, what was one of the most recent videos, I showed a strike combination where it was a hammer fist to the face and a bushy can to the ribs and then a, a shot to the neck, right? And the guy's like, well, you don't do that shit with your thumb, you'll break your thumb. I have my students break boards with that same freaking fist. So, uh, yeah, no. You'll break your thumb if you don't know how to position the fist. Right. Which is part of the learning process. You don't just look at a freaking couple of second video and go, oh, that doesn't work. Or, oh, yep, I got it. Right? It's like watching a YouTube video. Right? Just like we walked around the mandala, put the technique or the demonstration in the middle. And then at the very least, you need to be looking at that technique from those four directions. It's actually ten if you could see it from those directions, which is why I keep changing directions when I'm demonstrating techniques because students tend to not move. So skillful means is, right? People are like, oh, how many times do you have to demonstrate it? How many directions do you need to see it from? Okay. The ones we haven't done and we will have soon, or at least something closer, is we're wiring the dojo with cameras, right? I just ordered the upgraded internet package and all that. So one of those views will at least be a downward angle because looking straight down at a technique will show you angle way better than a two-dimensional side-on kind of thing, right? Distance in the angle or the acuteness or, or obtuseness of it, um, all that stuff, right? So um, I know... Um, Punisher, my, my wife says the same thing all the time. I, I truly do believe that if my wife didn't marry me, she'd be married to a mafiosa because she just has this thing about powerful, in-control guys. And I don't know that I'm powerful. However, um, whenever she comes in and sees a test, she wants us to actually get out there and not demonstrate things or not do things at half to three-quarter speed. She wants an all-out fight. And like the other black belts look around and go, oh, my God, no. Um, <laughs> right. I, th these techniques are designed. I want you to really understand this because there's a difference between what most people think of as fighting, which is still contest like and operating from a warrior warfare kind of thing. These techniques are designed to break a human body down as quickly as possible. I mean, non-functional. They don't have to be dead, but they can't get at you, right? So the knee leverage takedown that we teach in Mod 1, which is just a little knee thing to the knee, your partner sits down into Asuka, saves themselves and all that. No, no, no. The combat version of that is you snap their knee in place. Well, you don't even snap their knee. You snap the point between their knee and their ankle 
their shin, their tib, fib assembly and create a joint where one didn't exist. And that point hits the floor before their ass does. Right. The problem is that everybody's gotten used to fighting in ways that pound people in the head multiple times and you luck out with a knockout. Okay. Nothing in our scrolls have anything to do with a face punch. But we teach it that way. Why? Because it's polite. <laughs> it's self-defense and all that, right? The scrolls say, uke ski, right? The person who's playing the role of the attacker, right? Throws this straight-on punch. But ski is not a punch. It's not uch. Ski is a pierce or thrust. It's a spearman's and a swordsman terms. And it, the, the scroll says nothing about where the target is. But if you understand attacking somebody in armor, it's a throat punch. You're crushing their trachea. That's what we're defending against, a kill shot. And when I throw one, right, this is not, this is not fucking entertainment. We have fun training, but the way most people want to train, their techniques have no bite. I mean, if, if I'm going to be defending myself against somebody who's a 20-something cocksure, like these assholes that, that comment all over the Internet on my videos and stuff, right? I've won every fight. Uh, whatever, okay? Uh, if I'm going to be dealing with somebody like that, I'm not punching him in the face. This has got to be over quickly. This is not a contest. I'm going to do everything I can to avoid that thing. Who's, who's the... Um, James, who's the uh, retired Navy SEAL that has the podcast? Um, There you go. Yeah, yeah. This guy is a freaking multi-time combat vet. And when people have asked him about self-defense, he's like, no, 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 no. I will do everything I can to get away from that, negotiate, get this guy my wallet, whatever, because that's a situation you you can't get away from easily. What I will be required to do to him could land me in jail or a lawsuit to lose everything, right? And even if even if I know what I know, this guy, his friends, whatever, there's this is why we avoid getting to what we call phase six in our in our eight phases of uh, effective self defense strategy. Phase six is physical defense. It is the place. In the, in the framework where you risk the most things going wrong. And if those things go wrong, it's, this is not good. This is why we have phase seven, which is PTSD recovery. And we have phase eight, which is legal recovery or legal defense. I don't know how many people have watched the light of consciousness leave somebody's eyes at their own hand. But whether the violence is coming at you or you're sending it out, 
right? Anybody who has a strong moral or ethical um, foundation, you lose part of that. This is why I don't have conversations with people who want to be fighters. I'm showing you fight skills, but not to win a contest. And if you're going to, there's two ways to get kicked out of my dojo. And these are hard and fast. Drugs or other criminal activity, because all that shit comes back to us. And we're guilty by association. And it didn't happen. The dojo, fellow students, Hatsumi Sensei, the organization, the art, and the history are not being risked because I end up with an asshole who can't control themselves. And the other way is starting fights. And that includes with the mouth. It's not self-defense if you push somebody to go physical. That's not self-defense and survival. That's initiating a war. And again, all that shit comes right back to the dojo. I had a, I had a student who was a teacher at the dojo a bunch of years ago. Okay? He's having a problem with his relationship. They were both students, right? Confronted me. I gave him the option. One of us has to go. But since my name is on the sign, that'll be you. And he did leave without my help. But my teacher said he'd have closed and locked the door and one of us would have left the office. That's not me. Because I have to think strategic. I have to think bigger terms. Most people can't think out of the bubble and the emotional um, roller coaster they're on in the moment. Not, that's not how, it's not how a master warrior thinks. Not that I'm one, but I aspire to be that. So if I aspire to be it, then I should probably try to work that every chance I get. Um, but he was working security at a place, and I don't have a problem with my students using their skills, right? Cops, security, whatever. Okay, but I part of the, the 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 straw that made him have to go was because in the course of his security, instead of he, he worked at a at a club, instead of escorting people to the door, parking lot, you got to go. He followed them outside and then would not let them leave until they fought him. And he became, now, before we were Warrior Concepts, we were Miller's Martial Arts. And the rumor got back that he was affectionately known as the asshole who trained at Miller's Martial Arts. That's a problem. He, after that, he was no longer the asshole that trained at Miller's Martial Arts. He's an asshole doing whatever, wherever. But to prove himself, he went and found another teacher within this organization, told him his side of the story. That person believed him and called me, and it was a one-sided conversation. He did all the talking. At the end, I said, since you, your information-gathering skills stop at hearing one-sided rumors, 
I think you deserve each other. That relationship, relationship didn't last very long either because, well, it's very difficult to change for a leopard to change its spots. Yes. Okay. Anyway, all right. So um, I appreciate people's confidence. <laughs> we have had some situations at the school. I remember one where somebody uh, came in, found out the guy had psych issues, right? Um, we were uh, we had some kind of promotion coming in, going on or whatever. And he came in, he was just a little squirrely and stuff. And I said, um, you know, uh, did you know? Are you? Uh, I, I can't remember how it came around, but he let me know that he was, you know, being treated for things. And I said, oh. What are they? And he told me and I went, OK, so um, all I need from you is a letter from your psychiatrist that said I don't need to know what it is. I just need a letter that says that participating in martial arts training will not uh, make you a danger to yourself or others. Oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. Fifteen minutes later, he came in right in the middle of a class demanding his lessons or he's going to kick somebody's ass. I positioned myself at the front desk, so there was a barrier between he and I. It was a defensive fortification. He's going to have to work harder to get at me. And it also designed to de-escalate the situation because I wasn't face-to-face, nose-to-nose, confrontational. And everything he said, right, I don't need this shit anyway. I can kick all your asses. And all I said was, well, if you can do that, then why would you want to learn from somebody that you could already do your thing? Right. So he had no answers. He left. I turned to go to the class. Half of them were like in awe that I worked that that way where it was psychological warfare. And the other half of the class were disappointed because they didn't get a chance to see me wipe the floor with his ass. You can't win it. (laughs) Right. But again, long term. And as far as demonstrating things, um, see, here's the other problem I have. We, I live in 21st century America, which means that if I injure a student, it is a win-win, lose-lose situation for me. It's a win-win for him because he could leave, pass all kinds of rumors around, or he could sue me. Or... He could heal and stay. Lose-lose for me. Could get sued. The story could be spun. Criminal assault. All kinds of things. So, being a teacher is not as great of a thing as most people would assume. It's a heavy responsibility. Anyway, right? And again, those are skill sets and insights I had to learn long after I fulfilled on my goal of opening a martial arts school. It's one thing to open it. It's a whole other thing to maintain it and to maintain it and a good reputation and all the other things that are also part of self-defense and survival, long-term survival. Yeah, you know many martial arts schools did not survive COVID shutdowns? We were already online, so most were scrambling to catch up to do virtual classes. We flipped the switch. What'd we do, James? 
we sent the same emails for classes that we normally send out to everybody for classes anyway to our in-house students. And my long-distance inner circle students got an extra benefit, which has stuck with them since the COVID reopening. We just didn't shut those things down. Now we have these virtual classes. Win, win, win. Anyway, so I didn't even let a freaking virus. <laughs> anyway, what else do we have? Uh, Brian Cook said, thanks. I enjoyed the talk, and there's a lot of great discussions to ponder and benefit from. Cool. That's all, I, that's all I'm here for is just, you know, share insights that obviously lessons that I got, but I had to work those and think about them and, and you know, put them into action and whatnot. So my job is to face, faithfully pass things on um, and hope it works. Um, you know, if, if people told us that this was not uh, valuable or didn't work or whatever, then I would do one of two things. I would change format based on insight that I got and feedback that I got, or we'd shut this down. Right? I mean, this is two hours out of my evening after classes at the dojo that, you know, my wife's not getting. My dog's not getting, you know, <laughs> whatever. Okay. And I don't mean that in a bad way. But, um, you know, Sensei has a life too. <laughs> anyway. All right, so we're well over two hours. So anyway, um, we should probably wrap this up. Okay, so um, yeah, uh, uh, emails will go, be going out tomorrow um, to letting people know that I, I will be opening things for a couple more spots for the 10-week program, Sanjay Shichi Gobon, uh, if you're in, interested. Um, this, this week is the last chance to get signed up for spring camp, which is Friday, this Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, I will be sending out uh, emails for uh, as an offer for anybody that, Absolutely cannot make it, um, but once the uh, recordings that we'll have available uh, next week after we're all done, James will get those things cleaned up and put in certain places and whatnot. So uh, there's a pre-order discount. After that, um, we repurpose them for other things, and they won't be available um, either at all or they won't be available at the discounted rate. So, And we're looking at what? 12 plus hours because that's you, you'd be getting the raw video. So you'll hear corrections to other students and all that kind of stuff. Um, I know that's a lot, but you know, break it down. Right. Um, or don't. It is what it is. Right. All right. James, any, did, did I forget anything? Oh, uh, no. Wednesday. Night, I got another email going out as well. Wednesday night, 8 PM Eastern, 8 PM Eastern. Is it eight? Yeah. Eight, seven? Shit. I have to pick a time because we have a business meeting until seven-ish. So it'll either be at seven or eight p.m. Eastern time. There is a uh, virtual meeting uh, where I explain what my uh, guided Japan trips are like. Uh, and we have one coming up this fall. I have to readjust the dates because I forgot something that I booked with my family. And um, it's not something that uh, I can shift on, so I won't, right? So anyway, and that may affect fall 
camp dates. I'm going to try to make it not, but um, that might's going to it might require a little bit of shifting. Okay, so uh, but we are doing a two week uh, trip to Japan this fall. Uh, people can do a single week, or they can do the whole two weeks. Um, but the single weeks, they're still give and take dates. Uh, there are no, you, well, can't I come here and then leave here? No, because I got to get you to and from where you need to go. And I'm not throwing off the itinerary. So, um, there are specific things, but, um, even if you can't make it this year, my format is pretty much the same. So I'll be explaining those things, uh, transport, everything from transportation to, uh, highlights of the, uh, the, the spots that I take students to why. And, um, the only thing that'll be kind of different from what uh, was going on before uh, the COVID stuff. West Hatsumi Sensei is retired. So now um, like who will be going and training with and when and why and all that will be, you know, that'll be different because they're different. Okay. Right. So, but it is not like what most people do where they just go and it's nothing but training. We go to historical places and, and things like that that are culturally and historically relevant to the training. Right. Um, I think that's it. So, all right. Good. Thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Uh, for those of you who jumped in late, this will be ready on YouTube uh, in a live section on the channel. Uh, right. Starting probably within minutes after this is done. I don't know how long it takes for them to process things. Uh, for everybody else, I will see you in class one way or the other. Talk to you soon. See you next time. Get more of Kudan Radio. Subscribe through your favorite podcasting site or join our clan of serious modern warriors at OnlineNinjaAcademy.com.